1: Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. Happy Monday. Yeah. Eric Harley there. Gary McNamara here. All right Democratic West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin mm. scorched the Biden administration on Friday after released federal guidance allowing Chinese company to get u s taxpayer electric vehicle tax credits. It's almost like he wants to lose,
0: yeah. I'm sorry, Mansion or Biden? <laughs> <laughs> Biden. <laughs> Biden. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had to throw that in. <clears throat> no, I mean, you, you did. Yeah. You did have to throw that I in. I had to, I, I had to take a stab I didn't at object it. at all. I went, yeah. all right, that uh, was good. Yeah. The, that whole idea of that coupled with what's going on in all the major blue cities right now with the broken border and the fact that they have become border towns like and and are dealing with things now on the level of border towns and uh you know you see everything with the with the migrants showing up in in these big blue cities now throw into it that china's getting your taxpayer dollars from the whole ev thing well there are a couple of things there are so many things actually in in recent months that have shown that the EV thing is crumbling. The OEMs coming out going, yeah, we can't sustain. Uh, the news coming out about the uh, Tesla Cybertruck. By the way, the Tesla Cybertruck was never going to be a big mover, but there was so much media surrounding it and hype surrounding it that then it came down to the question of, hey, well, how, how much does one cost? And then, of course, it was pointed out uh by uh, Marques Brownlee uh who has a massive online following uh social media following and he is a reviewer of uh, uh tech stuff phones and and tablets and cameras and he jumped into the EV thing a few years ago and the Cybertruck by the way he's a Tesla driver he drives i forget which model of Tesla but he owns one and he was test driving the uh Cybertruck and he talked about the price point, jumping, and the fact that uh, uh, Tesla's not following through on their their promises. Well, that's not somebody at the, that's not the editorial board at the Wall Street Journal. You know, that's not somebody opining on uh, talk radio or Fox News. Uh, Marques Brownlee has a massive following for a reason, and he's part of the market itself. He supports the EV market. I don't know about mandates. I've never heard him talk about that. But when you talk about the mandates and how they basically are cornering everything into this, and the OEMs hit the brakes on it, and now you're seeing, you know, I mean, stories like this, China getting taxpayer money on the EV thing.
2: Or not, it would... Give them what Biden did would allow them to get it. Would allow
0: them to get it, yes, access to it. They have access to it. And the fact of the matter is is that it shouldn't apply. Take the taxpayer money out of the EV market, out of wind and solar. Take it out of the equation. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist at all. We wouldn't be talking about it today because it would be non-existent. And that's what you have. You also have this. I saw some articles over the weekend about wind and solar and these so-called green jobs. Well, people are now putting, you know, two and two together. And they're like, "We we don't see this expansion of jobs. Well, it's because they recategorized existing jobs to now fall in the green job category. Well, that's not what they were saying. Of course, it wasn't when Biden says, Look at all the new jobs we've created. Nope. It's returning from pre-COVID numbers. Then he talks about, I lowered inflation by 65%. No, you didn't. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now... I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love. When you use the code Eye. that's the letters Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
2: Well, the House is uh, supposed to, expected to hold a floor vote this week on legislation that would strike down pending federal regulations targeting gas-powered vehicles and prohibit, prohibit, excuse me, prohibit any future electric vehicle mandate. The choice in automobile retail sales introduced over the summer uh, will be considered by the House Rules Committee today before officially receiving a floor vote as soon as Tuesday. If the bill is passed, it would then be voted on by the Senate, where Republicans and Democrat Joe Manchin recently introduced companion legislation. Mm-hmm. The House must pass the Choice in Automobile Retail Sales Act to block a radical and untainable federal EV mandate that will cripple our auto industry and forever make our supply chain reliant on China. Representative Tim Wahlberg from Michigan. Said uh, to Fox News Digital, he's sponsoring this legislation. The American auto industry is at its best when they are free to innovate and listen to the will of the customers and not constrained by bureaucracy. Right. Now, I don't know what the vote will be here. Hmm. Hmm. Um, It will be interesting to see, but Congress needs to tap down the EPA on this without question. And... If you've seen in the last, really the last two months, but really the last month, everything about EVs, everything about solar and wind, everything seems to have hit the wall of reality and everybody knows it at this particular time. And so it will be interesting to see what happens here. And even if it doesn't pass, do Republicans want to get the Democrats on record? Because will the public be any more interested in EVs? 11 months from now?
0: No, they won't. No. And uh, they won't be able to afford it. And this is, you know, what it comes down to. What, You know, part of my frustration, too, is from the private sector and these OEM CEOs and CFOs come out and say, uh, at least one of them uh, said, well, we just need to tap the brakes. We, we still believe in this technology. Stop it. Stop it. We think the technology is interesting. It's up to the market to set the demand, not the government. That's the way it's always been. And once they can do that, once the private sector, companies like any of them, Tesla or any of them, can deliver something that we see as affordable, uh, more efficient and fits our needs in terms of what our you know, vehicles are going to be um, what we need a vehicle for in our daily life. Then if the price point is there, you'll see everyone flocking for these EVs. What's happened is we've saturated the market. You've got the certain types that wanted the EVs because they wanted to show it off to their friends. And that's, by the way, most all of them. It's cool technology. Even I believe that. Is it worth Eric buying? Nope. You know how I know? Because Eric hasn't bought it. And that's what it comes down to. Is what, how do we see it? The same with wind and solar. What are they having to do to push it through? Outlaw behavior. Mandate other types of behavior. That's never been the case in our push as a free society to get to a more efficient level, whether it's cars or energy or both. It's always been about getting to a much greater efficiency and, and the private sector stepping in and saying, Hey, we can provide that without the taxpayer dollars. EVs go away, wind and solar go away ask yourself the question why is so much money being spent on this from the federal government we allow it but why why do they need it they'll try and tell you well the government had to build the interstate system the fact of the matter is is the interstate system you could very clearly show the much greater efficiency and freedom it was going to provide, our ability yeah. to get into our car and drive across the country.
2: I, I really think that all of it is is based, what you're seeing right now, you, you think about it. I mean, uh, 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 James Carville was out there going crazy, fear-mongering mm-hmm. if Trump is elected president and everything else, and mm-hmm. it's the end of democracy, and mm-hmm. Jonathan Turley pointed out the really interesting thing that that Democrats talking about in order to save the democracy, they need to ensure that people in their state can't vote for the Republican candidate. If if, if it's Trump.
0: Right. <laughs>
2: go, so yeah. It's really interesting that those are saying we need to save democracy by getting rid of democracy.
0: Right. They're trying to remove right. them from the ballot but, in California. But
2: everything seems to be now when you talk about the fact that Newsom could not argue anything mm-hmm. of substance against DeSantis right. the other day. Right. Yeah. And you see everything. I think climate change is part of the fact of the ultimate fear margarine. Expect them to double and triple down on the earth being destroyed and you don't care about it. Right. If, if you could possibly do that. But everything. Trump is Hitler. Trump is a dictator. DeSantis is just as, as bad. Mm-hmm. Everything that they do, everything that they talk about, they'll talk about like in a generality with the label But then getting down to specifics, they can't argue the specifics at all. And everything that they're talking about right now, from solar and wind to electric vehicle mandates, it is all insane. It's insane scientifically. Yeah, it is. You would do the opposite. They're not following science uh, at at all. In fact, uh, we'll talk about this, see if we can get it in here uh, past the bottom of the hour. Michael Schellenberger talking about the whole climate change. that it's gone to climate vice, as he calls it. Not mm. and not virtue of signaling, vice signaling. Oh. Yeah, that okay. it's almost as if, you know, he's talking about the, you know, the, the global warming conference and everybody's going over in their private jets and they shove it in your face. Yeah. It's almost as, right. as if they're telling you, we're going to do the opposite of what we're telling you to do. Go to hell, deal with it. Right. It's like, it's like they're showing you what their vice is and how ser- unserious they are and promoting it. That, yes, but we need to do it. Our lives are more important than yours.
0: They go, everything is just, it's just crazy. Just like Newsom during COVID. Yeah. Oh, you need to put on a mask and you need to make sure that, uh you know, you are properly distancing. And then he's immediately pictured at a table with other top medical officials practically sitting on each other's lap. Laughing out loud with no mask. And and when DeSantis brings it up, he's smirking
2: about it like almost as if I got away with it yeah, because I'm a governor. Exactly, You don't get to get away with right. it. I mean, that's what I got out of the smirk. Right. And I'm sure a lot of people that saw, you know, the video and the pictures of him out at dinner and the Super Bowl pictures, too, yeah. would sit there and went, well, my God, you wouldn't let us do that. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing it. And so we'll get to that uh, coming up, but uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I look at it that everything they're promoting right now, and when Serpent was out there yesterday talking about it, you know, talking about uh, Trump and the end of democracy and everything else, it's the end of the world, it's the end of democracy, how Trump, and Trump represents the Republican Party. What's interesting is a guy who was a builder who has spent his entire life building is viewed as the person who wishes to to destroy everything right that he even built now do you buy into it most americans probably don't right but you're right now at the point where the it's 11 months out i noticed it this weekend with carville and others they're just screaming now it's like oh it's the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's the end of democracy. Mm-hmm. It's the end of the oceans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the end of, of of a government that cares. Mm-hmm. It's you know. It's just it's nuts. But everything is. Every argument from the Democrats is final. We're yeah. saving you from the end of democracy. Right. The end of the world. Right. The end of whatever. Yeah. Of all of it. Of uh, yeah. Basically, they're using do- we are doomed. <laughs>
0: they are, but they're putting a date on it. I yes, never they said. Are. Yeah. I never said twenty thirty. Yes, yes. The, a date More like 20, a date 40.
2: that's never met, and every time they make one of these incredible uh, apocalyptic predictions, never comes true.
0: Right, not once, and it won't this time. Eight six six ninety red eye.
2: This morning's USDA farm report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted guaranteed since 1920. If you are one of the over 22 million of us buying a real Christmas tree this year, what can we expect prices to be? Last year, Christmas tree shoppers were hit with a pretty hefty price hike compared to 2021. Christmas Tree Association Executive Director Tim O'Connor says the median price we paid in 21 was about $70, but in 22 it was 80. So what about this year?
0: Well, we would anticipate it would probably go up a little bit, but not as significantly as it did last year.
2: Tim says growers last year were hit with a 70% hike in fuel prices, 200% increase
1: in fertilizer, and O'Connor says yes for growers this year.
0: There has been additional inflation, but not at the rapid pace we saw in 2022, and so we don't hear that they're passing on big price increases.
1: But, of course, if we buy from a retailer or charitable group, they set the final price we pay, and obviously...
0: A lot of pricing is out of the growers' hands.
1: This is Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S.
2: Department of Agriculture.
0: This report brought to you by Senex Fuels and Lubes.
1: Lines open for your calls. 866 90 Redeye on Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric and I'm Gary McNamara. This is my favorite headline of the weekend. Hmm. Jane Fonda, 85, says she won't date anyone who is older. She likes young men because she hates old skin. (laughs)
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. Oh, oh, gosh. And and Uh. could it also be lack of choices?
2: (laughs) So I guess because a lot of my women friends were talking about it last week. What? Apparently, the show "The Golden Bachelor" is an old dude trying to date old women.
0: I is it? I, it must be new. I've never heard of it.
2: Yeah, it's so It was it'd been all all the women I know have been talking about it on social media, and there, there's some outrage. I can't believe he did. And apparently he had his final, final choice. And I was I was messaging her. I said, so I've never seen this show. The point is, this is an old dude looking for an old woman. Right. And I said, well, and then I said, well, can I get in? And can I have, like, better choices, like some 20, 25-year-old younger women? Hmm. She goes, come on. I go, "What do you mean? Come on." I said, "Look, I thought at one point in my life I went, oh, that cougar thing sounds interesting." And then when I came to the realization that a cougar uh as applied to me in my age would be 95, yeah. That sort of took maybe just a tad bit of the excitement of of the the cougar out of the
0: mix. Yeah. You know, just a oh,
2: just a little bit.
0: Also, but, a limited time. <laughs>
2: Uh, yes, a big time limit. Yes, I'm yeah. probably not looking for a long, not looking for a well, long term relationship. My, my
0: question: <laughs> I would love to see the demographics on the the Golden Bachelor.
2: The Golden Bachelor, yes. And I didn't know. I looked at the guy; couldn't tell. It looked like probably everything. with the photo I was looking at looked like it was airbrushed. It's like, well, he picked a I don't know, seventy year old woman or something like that. And I, well, this guy looks oh he's like that age oh all right what is this so this is a hookup now for older people yeah and these are these are my women friends that are in their 40s and 50s that were watching this right so
0: yeah okay that's what i want to know is it all it younger people watching it because that's the target demo younger people yes
1: The studios.
2: Frontline Radio. He's Eric Cronin. I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, this uh, this story was in Fox News, originally published by Fox, picked up by New York Post. <laughs> I just love this one though. Hmm. Some millennial parents say they feel abandoned by their baby boomer parents who've chosen to travel in their retirement rather than stay home and help raise their kids, Business Insider found. Growing up, Christiana Hilberg remembers being regularly babysit by her grandmother when her parents traveled, but she often has to schedule visits with her parents or in-laws months ahead of time. The Los Angeles-based psychologist and millennial mother Leslie Dobson explains many of her millennial clients develop resentment towards their parents because they feel like their parents have chosen their life over meeting and babysitting their grandchildren mm-hmm. and building these relationships. There's there's almost like this three fourth life crisis that they're in, she said of baby boomers. And they're really looking at this as, oh, my God, my life's almost over. When is my last day? How am I going to live my best life? Mm. Dobson said she and her sisters were initially put off by their father, 71-year-old father's decision to move to a luxury resort in Mexico. While they've come around to understanding the decision, Dobson said they had hoped their father would be more available to help raise their kids. Ted Dobson didn't seem to agree with his daughter's assessment of his life choices. The father told Business Insider he still makes an effort to see his grandkids, but sometimes they are too busy to fit him into their schedules. Mm -hmm.
1: Ooh, 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 ooh.
2: I know this as the uncle from far away, the, Mm -hmm. the cool uncle that, not everybody really can hang around much anymore because they all got their stuff to do when I come yeah. down, yeah. <laughs> which of course is totally understandable. Uh, <laughs> just uh, the father told business insider, he still makes an effort, but sometimes they are too busy to fit him into their schedules. He also suggested those in the younger generation live a more comfortable life than he did at that same age. When I was young, being a boomer, because you're not a boomer, are you?
0: No. Okay. I tried booming for a while. I gave it up.
2: Being a boomer, we had to walk uphill both ways to school
0: Mm -hmm. with,
2: you know, 30-foot snowdrifts every day. Yeah. And we liked it that way. Even the summer. Even the summer. (laughs) (laughs) A recent study by the University of Cambridge And others found that millennials were more likely to have debt and less likely to own a home by 35. However, middle-class millennials in the study had accumulated substantially more wealth than their boomer counterparts had in their mid-30s. Yet a fortune poll from earlier this year found that 35% of millennials in the United States still rely on their parents to help pay their bills.
0: Well, you know what's interesting is that you and I were going over some of the data of repeat home buyers, and the median age has jumped dramatically in the last 40 years from 31 years old to now 58 years old. Then you look at the birth rate dropping. Why would it be the case if you go back to the late 70s, early 80s, or even, you know, in the years before that? that someone would want to buy a home and maybe would be on their second home, right? If you're buying your second home, you're relocating for a job maybe, or you're expanding, you want more room because your family's expanding. If we're, if we're a society that overall now is not having children, Is there a drive to buy homes, to, you know, to get into a home or renting? Is that going to be the thing of the future? Are they fine with renting? I'd rather not have everything that comes. It's great responsibility and there's significant costs. And, you know, depending on what type of home you buy, how old it is, if it's an existing home or if you have one built. Even before you start talking about the cost of homes, what inflation has done and then now add to interest rates going up. You have to ask why. Why would people want to buy a home? No, I
2: think that's a solid point.
0: And I know that my second daughter, she and her husband bought a home. They were very, very, uh, uh, I, I would say, focused in the months or years leading up to the home they bought of where they were going to live. They had to keep in mind, well, this is where we're going to live for at least several years, if not longer. This is where our kids are going to go to school. That was number one. Where do we want our children to be raised? And what type of, and, and, and I think families especially, if you're having children, you really do want that privacy, whether you can afford it or not. Is going to be, you know, the next question. But if you can get that privacy, that's not in a multi that you don't get at a multifamily home in an apartment building. You know, I don't want people. I don't want my kids having to, you know, walk around strangers in order to get to our door. Right, right, that kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. I think we're at that point culturally. I don't know what changes that. There might be something that changes it. But until we start as a nation having this urge to have more children, to have bigger families, to have, uh, you know, uh, to grow as a society, but, it, but really on the individual level is where it starts. Uh, the boomer thing, you know, when you look at post-war, uh, many, I don't know, psychologists, doctors will tell you it's kind of a natural thing. Uh we saw it i don't know to some extent after nine eleven, but it was not that was not like World War II and the effect that it had, but it also was generational back then, you know during that baby boom, we did have a, a different mindset, and it wasn't you know the consideration that many young people who are left. They are on the left, there's no doubt. They look at it and say, well, I don't want to bring my kid into the world. It's irresponsible of me, or there are too many crazy things going on, or for whatever reason, we're choosing not to have children. And that will decide how an economy goes. You and I have talked about the fact that we are not having children and also changes the population when it comes to the potential pool of employees for any company and we can't expand an economy without more people to do the job.
2: Well, this is interesting here because again, this is about uh, the uh, the baby boomer parents uh, and their kids, millennials being upset because the, they're doing stuff and they can't babysit their kids. And this made it to Fox and the New York post. Ted yeah. Thompson didn't seem to agree with his daughter's assessment of his life life choices. The father told business insider that he still makes an effort to see his grandkids, but sometimes they are too busy to fit him into their schedules. He also suggested those in the younger generation live a more comfortable life than he did at that age. He said, they've all got nannies. We didn't have a damn nanny. They drive expensive SUVs. I drove a freaking minivan. (laughs) I haven't spent a nickel less on my kids. I just decided to spend some on me. A recent uh, study by the University of Cambridge also found others uh, that millennials have likely to have uh, uh, are more likely to have debt and less likely to own a home. I said less debt before, have more debt and less likely to own a home by age thirty-five. However, middle-class millennials in the study had accumulated substantial more wealth than their boomer counterparts had by their mid-thirties. You know, you talk about. I remember uh, the, that uh, the average age of somebody buying a home right now is what fifty-eight.
0: Yeah, yeah, the medium, the, the right. median age median, of a right. repeat home buyer is fifty. And hours.
2: I think about that's when my dad bought his second home. Yeah, he would have been well, he would have been around fifty five, right? With with him and my mom, and that's when they bought the second home. Now, I was uh, last year of college, whatever. But I had younger sisters, mm-hmm. and and so they just wanted a bigger house. They wanted more, more, uh, more privacy. Yeah, right. And it's interesting because I, you know. I didn't buy my home and you remember because you were a part of that. I was asking all the questions because I moved like crazy for the first 20 years of this business. Yeah. And I never bought a home. I said, I'm not going to buy a home for a couple of years. Right. So finally at 51, I said, I'm going to buy a home. The difference that I found that I'd never move because people have told me it's not a good investment. To hell, it's not. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it depends on so how often you move. If you're moving every three or four years, you probably shouldn't buy a home. Well, yeah.
2: I'm not just talking monetarily yeah. speaking. Mm. When you live in an apartment or a townhouse that has people right next door to you, mm-hmm. today, now, almost 17 years later, mm. the best part about my house, it's quiet. Yeah,
0: sure. Yeah. Uh,
2: but that's everything. That's, I mean, that,
0: for you, that's a good return on the investment. Uh, right you're saying, there, yes.
2: Right. It's like, yeah. what is that worth? I go, I don't know. I can't put a price on that. Right. Because when, I remember when I first, when I started doing the show with you, and my neighbors next door, mm. you know, one side would be fighting the other side. And this is a nice townhouse section. The other people had parties all the time mm-hmm. and I'm trying to sleep and it's impossible. Yeah. Absolutely impossible. Yeah. So that's when I really became sensitive to the, uh, the, the noise. Then I also think the time that I moved in the true story, I moved into a townhouse, but there were townhouses above townhouses. Mm. So it was a townhouse above me. Yeah. So I'm in this, oh, I know I just had an apartment. There was a townhouse above me, and I was in the apartment. I'll never forget, I'm in the master bedroom. Nice apartment, relatively new. And all of a sudden, it was like above me, there were cockroaches all over the floor above me, mm-hmm. like large cockroaches, you know, running around on the floor above me because mm-hmm. I couldn't figure out what it was. What in the world was it? Local college students had that. And they were only there for a month, and then I took that townhouse mm-hmm. after they left. Yeah, a ping pong table oh. right above my master bedroom. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. I finally yeah. figured it
0: out. Right, and the shuffling of the players.
2: Oh, the shuffling, the diving for the ball, the yeah. running back and forth, bum, bum 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 You know the footsteps. Yeah. Oh, it was absolutely a nightmare. Yeah. After that, I just
0: said, "I whatever I have to do over the next decade, I'm getting a house." <laughs> yeah. Nothing nothing uh nothing beats it. But so many, I would be, for me, also location, right? Mm-hmm. But it's amazing to me that so many younger people are okay with living in the heart of the hustle and bustle. Some of that has changed post-COVID. But not to a great extent in our area. And they're okay with that. You know, they want to live closer to work and that often means in a downtown area and for me i want to you know choose a neighborhood i want it to be a a bit quieter and but if you're not you know those are the different considerations if you don't have children it's a totally different game plus and generationally it's a totally different game
2: plus if you're a boomer a lot of us like my my grandmother and grandfather lived down the street they never babysitted my mom right. was always home. My dad mm-hmm. worked two and three jobs. Right. That's how it was set up back yep. then. So right. I rarely remember my grandparents ever babysitting
0: us. Right. Ever. Yeah. We didn't we lived yeah. too far from our grandparents for that. Yeah.
2: 86690 Red
1: Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 86690 Red Eye.
2: It's radio. He's Eric Carlin, and I'm Gary McNamara. It's going to be interesting uh, to see just the uh, the oral arguments for the Supreme Court case on uh, the uh, the the tax code about what makes up income. Right? Is income yeah. income is income income or is income not income?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, do you have to uh, essentially receive that income? Uh, does that income have to be realized, right. you know, if it's certain gains, uh, can, can it be taxed without realizing those gains? But I think specifically here, there could be a very narrow decision that based on this couple's complaint, they had 13% stake in a company in India. They never repatriated that money, according to all the sources that I've read that money went automatically back into the company but the company's always made a profit so they as of 2018 were taxed uh, under 15 just under $15,000 based on how much they owned of that company well that tax plan from 2017 that the GOP passed and and Trump signed was more about repatriating those tax dollars, bringing it back to the U.S., creating jobs for large companies, especially Apple, included. And we'll see if you know that that turns out to be a you no know, a ruling. But it will be very interesting to hear the hearing on it.
1: This is Red Eye Radio.